Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome in to another redraft ranking video. Guys, we've already had wide receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks go off. Now it's time for tight ends. It's the bums of the tight ends. We're already past one through eight. Go check that video out. And now check out the next set of tight ends. We'll just, we're just going to talk about a bunch of them. Just hit the fucking intro. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. Just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. First up, Tyler's boy, Mike Gusecki. Um, so we range from tight end six at Tyler down to tight end 12 uh, at Big Peen for Danny, I believe. So <laughs> Tyler, why do you have him at six? And Danny, why do you have him at 12? All right, no receiver options added. Um, Mike Gusecki was very efficient in the back half of the year when the offense was finally getting going and they cut off all ties to big man uh, Chad O'Shea. What a guy. Um so they cut all the ties away from him. The offense was finally started able to piece it together. Uh, I'm very excited to see Mike Gusecki be what I could – I could genuinely believe that to start the season he'll be the number two option uh, behind Parker. Uh, when Preston Williams comes back and is in full full stride and very healthy, I think it's a clear three, and I think it's a passing-based offense first anyways. So I, I think Mike Gusecki is going to be very efficient. I think he's my breakout candidate of the year. For a guy that's going to go booming up in the rankings, six I see is very feasible. Um, a lot of guys around after the first three, in my mind, um, are very shaky kind of plays. I think Gusecki can go up and uh, re-solidify himself in, into a mid-tight end, uh, mid-tight end one kind of situation. And at six, I, I'm very excited to, to, to see what he can do because I think he can take over that opportunity. There's not a lot of receiver options. They didn't draft any uh, outside of a quarterback uh, who likes to uh, be on boats for a living. Um, so that's just my opinion, Malcolm Perry. Yeah, so I think really for him, he's the he's the one guy that I think people are going to deem as like the next Mark Andrews because everything lines up like it did last year. He's basically the wide receiver too, I guess you could say as of now because we don't know Preston Williams' status. And he's really the only receiver on that team that's going to cover the middle of the field because Parker and Preston Williams primarily play the outside and primarily run wide receiver one route trees. They didn't, they didn't really run any underneath routes, over-the-top routes, and I think Gusecki will run that. So I like that play a lot. I just hope his ADP doesn't catch up to him. Um, I think it might crack the top six uh, pre, pre or not pre, preseason, but in August this year. Uh, the thing that worries me about Gusecki, again, I, I still like him. I mean, tight end 12 is by no means because I don't like him. It's just because he's kind of in that range of uh, the tight end like tier three tight end options for me, like after uh, obviously George Kittle, Kelsey, and then the tier of like the Wallers, Engrams, and all of them. But uh, when it comes to Jasicki, what scares me is that they were so inefficient in terms of the run game last year. That has to improve with Matt Breida and Jordan Howard in town, coupled so with the offensive line. Make the offense better though. So that'll make the offense better. Now they're moving the ball to get more but, red zone opportunities, which is big, big Mike, baby. Which could which could help, but it's also going to decrease the overall uh, volume that he's going to see, coupled with the fact that Preston Williams, again, you mentioned, breakout candidate as well in his own right. There's just a, three options in that pass game. Again, he's still going to be good. That's not have, very many, though. Like, if a tight end in any offense, I mean, we look at it from above. So, Kelsey Kittle Andrews, we kind of threw away. Yeah. Uh, Ertz, you can throw away, too. But Ingram, third option. Uh, Waller. Eh, I, I would say Ingram's the first in that passing game. 
I say Ingram's the first in that passing game. I'd say he's the fourth. Yeah, what? In the passing game? Yeah, dude. Hayden Hurst, the How three. Many targets Hayden, gets a game? Hayden, Hayden Hurst is the three. You can say Henry, when he's on the field, could be the two, but he's really the three. Uh, I mean, Mike Kosecki, he, he's, he can solidify himself Most up there. Tyler Higby is in second or third options at best. Yeah, so, agree, but uh, – Pretty much. Wait, did you say you actually think Engram's the fourth option on that team, though? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's Golden Tate gets seven targets a game. Shepard, when he's healthy, gets six, seven targets a game. Slayton's only going to see more targets from here on out. Barkley and, Barkley and Ingram are probably going to have the same amount of targets what, if the offense what, runs the way it did two years what, ago when Barkley was healthy. But at the same time, under Jason Garrett, his tight ends always get over 100 targets when they're actually good players. I mean, you're looking at last year, 83 yeah, targets. Those tight, ends also, those tight ends also play a full season, though, too. Yeah. Either yeah. way, Mike Gusecki, yeah. very, very talented player. Yeah. Um, I mean, anything else we want to – Yeah, let me – I, I want to touch on him a little bit. I have him second lowest, but I, I really like his outlook. I, I, he was ranked third in deep targets for the position last year. He was, uh, like, top three in contested catch rate. He obviously progressed as a player. He had, a, he had 89 targets last year, which I actually didn't know until I, like, researched it. Like, he could easily break the 100, and, 100 target, 110 target kind of range, which is – you're a top eight tight end usually if you, if you get that kind of volume. And – with uh, the slot usage, he played like 35% of his uh, snaps of the slot, as Lucas mentioned. He's the only guy really over the middle of the field. And, yes, the run game efficiency is going to improve, but there's still going to be a pass-heavy team because the run game, I mean, it's probably be better. It was god-awful. It's not going <laughs> to be like elite by any yeah. means. Neither is, their defense probably won't be like, blow, like holding people to no points to the point where they're running the clock out on everyone. So they're still going to throw the ball probably 550-plus times a game. All right, uh, season. So, I imagine a game. Like outlook, even though I have my eleven, uh, eleven. I just like guys like John Smith and a couple yeah. guys ahead of him. Yeah, we'll get into a couple of guys again. This this tier from probably like seven or eight to like thirteen or fourteen is pretty similar in my eyes. So, uh, having him at twelve is no slight to the actual players. Just comparison to the actual players I have ranked ahead of them. All right. Well, uh, we'll bounce off to the next guy. Um, so right after Mike Gesicki, we have Tyler Higby. Uh, I'm the lowest on him. I have him at 16. <laughs> I'm going to have to de- de- defend some shit there. Uh, Danny has him at 18. Lucas, the sheep, has him at 9. 8, I'm sorry. Don't yell at me, Dad. Um, and then uh, Bush is rolling in at 10. You guys want to defend your case before I tell you that Gerald Everett's starting tight end for the Man, Los Angeles. No, they wouldn't have played Tyler Higby if he was. Not, not to mention, how is Gerald Everett the starting tight end when – all, all everyone's going to say when they're making the case against Tyler Higby, oh, Gerald Everett broke out. That's why Tyler Higby, uh, like, he's not going to continue his pace. Gerald Everett did it before he did, before he got hurt. They're actually comparing their breakouts. Gerald Everett's breakout was, what, 11 points per game over that four-game stretch? Tyler Higby's last five weeks of the season, 21.44 PPR points per game. Over 100 yards, 11 targets. Like, he was fucking amazing. Now – the thing with Tyler Higby, ultimately, why he's even going this low, because let's be honest here, if he did it over a larger sample size, he would be a fringe top five, six option going in drafts. The thing that has people pause is, oh, it happened at the end of the season when the Rams realized, okay, uh, we don't have the offensive lineman to be able to run our 11 personnel, so we got to switch to the 12. Cooper Cup's banged up. They're, they were relying on him heavily. That's ultimately what people are going to say. Now we're looking at it. What did they do in the draft that actually solidified their offensive line? What did they do? Nothing. They drafted another tight end. <laughs> yeah. Bad like, Jefferson. A, 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 a tight end three to replace Gerald Everett when he's ultimately They don't need an offensive contract. line. They got Cam Akers. He's used to it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that still means that they're going to use Tyler Higby. 
Why would yeah, they- I mean, I think this is very similar to the Dolphin scenario because there, there, there is no game split you can take because because when Gerald Everett was breaking out, he did it with Brandon Cooks on the field, and yes, the differential between Higby when he broke out and Everett's bigger, but the differential between Higby's games with Everett and Everett's games with Higby is the same gap, if that makes sense. So 21 minus 11 is 10. But I think we looked it up yesterday. It was like three points a game for Higby and eight for Everett when they both played. So that's five. So, like, there is no good split to take. And in the end, I think they're going to switch back to 11 personnel because why would you draft Jefferson when, you, when you're not going to switch back to 11 personnel as your second pick? When Well, I mean, they're, they're going to cut Cooper Cup. Trade. This is a hypothetical thing. And I've... <laughs> I'm all about the contracts, and I just hit with Dalvin Cook, too, so that, I think it actually played out pretty well, too. In the you forget to mention that the cap's a myth, anyway. Maybe not this year, because the cap's going to go down, but it's normally, be, yeah. it's, it's usually a myth that you can just, like, give a guy a signing bonus, and it's fine. So, yeah, so, like, I get that he's, like, he's, like, he broke out last year, but ever broke out before him. But so, what I'm trying to say is, there's no good game split, really, to take, and I know we touched upon it with the, with the Dolphins receivers, because each side has its ups and downs with it. And I think another thing too is Higby before the breakout last year played 58 total games, right? Two of those games, he had over 50 receiving yards. So we can't just, we can't just imagine that he's this great, amazing tight end that's going to command this market share. That's going to produce all these fantasy points because he was terrible before the breakout last year. And he could have just improved. I mean, it happens. You just keep 50, 58 game I mean, I mean you're, you're the contract guy to me, them paying Higby signals that this is Everett's last yeah. year. And I know this isn't dynasty, but that in its in and of itself proves to me that that Higby is the starting tight end. He's going to be the primary tight end. So I have him at ten because mainly because I think he's going to finish here. I don't. I, I'm not exactly like what you'd call bullish on him. No. I don't think I'm going to be targeting him too much because I think there's a lot of people that are higher on him than I am. I, I kind of just see him as like fine. Like he might be kind of like I don't know. He had he had the same amount of targets as as, as Mike Gesicki last year. So he he wasn't like completely involved. And I I don't think there's going to be like a a shift to a 12 personnel or a shift back to the 11 personnel. No. I think they're going to actually mix it up a little bit. I think they're going to use a little bit of both. And um, I could yeah. see, I could definitely see Higby outperforming where I have him ranked, but I could also see him kind of just being a little like middling tight end that finishes in the top 12 because it's pretty easy to finish in the top 12. Yeah. Well, I don't like, really know. Or sorry. No, go, go. I was just saying, I don't really like, he probably is the starter, but like they didn't draft Bryson Hopkins as their third pick when they need a line. They, they need defense. Everett's walking after this year. Yeah, but then you would think maybe they use Everett a lot more. I don't know. So it's just kind of a crapshoot. I think the expectation is a lot higher than what the reality actually is because there's never been a tight end. I mean, like, obviously it's a short sample, but, like, name a Rams tight end ever. Like, you know, like their name a tight end in the last three years, they don't use the middle of the field. They never, I mean, they use Cooper Cup, it's the slot receiver, just, like, the short routes. They don't use an over-the-top guys. I don't know. It's just kind of just a fade situation for me altogether. So um, all I know is that, at least in baseball terms, your contract year is your best year. That's why Chris Davis makes way too much money. Anyways, go Orioles. Just a word joke. Um, we'll jump on to our next guy, uh, Mike Isecki, Tyler Higby, and now Jonu Smith. So this is a guy who Bush is ridiculously high on. And you know what? I won't BS it. I am too. Uh, so is Big Peen Danny and uh, the Sheep Lucas uh, is a little low on him. So Lucas, before we pounce on you and and just you know take your soul, you want to defend your Jonu Smith at fourteen take. Yeah, I think it's his schedule's tough, and I don't take that super into account. And like, yes, he's the number two receiving option on the team, but if we have the same case for him being that high, I think AJ Brown be like if that makes sense. Like the market share on the Titans is not that great in comparison to the rest of the league. So like, I don't hate Johnny Smith. I think he's a great 
late round guy. I just think Hooper, as much as I think the Browns are a disgusting franchise and are just a landmine, like he'll still already finish higher. He'll still probably get six, seven targets a game. And I remember I have Hawkinson. I'm just banking on the the year two with the tight end, the pass efficient offense. So I don't hate him at all. I just think that we might need to temper our projections a little bit because it still is the Titans that ran the ball 30 times a game in the playoffs when they were winning. My here's my thing on on Johnny Smith. I have the splits pulled up right now. Um, Delaney Walker is gone. That's the biggest yeah. thing for, for Johnny Smith is that in his career and Johnny Smith came from a small school. He wasn't exactly the most pro ready tight end, but I mean the analytics committee just loved Johnny Smith when he was coming out. I remember it. And the big thing for me is when Delaney Walker went down, it was like week six or whatever. Johnny Smith's snap share went from like around a fifty percent clip to a 75% clip. And not only that, but he was playing nearly 20% of his snaps from the slot, which is a big deal. Because as I mentioned with A.J. Brown in the wide receiver video, I thought A.J. Brown was playing way more snaps from the slot than he was. And a guy like Jonu Smith playing from the slot, uh, from the slot with a quarterback like Tannehill, who, I mean, the offense is centered around Derrick Henry and play action. So having a big target over the middle, like Jonu Smith and A.J. Brown and Corey Davis on the outside, it just makes everyone's job easier. And to me, Jonu Smith is the second target in the offense, or he will be after this yeah. year because Corey Davis has proved that he's not going to be efficient with the targets he does get. And A.J. Brown's just a stud. And he's also going to draw the most attention along with Derrick Henry. So I think there's plenty of room for a tertiary option to eat in this offense, and I don't think it's going to be Corey Davis. To me, it's an argument between Corey Davis and, uh, and Jonu Smith. And also, Deion De- Lewis is gone. And yes, they have Darrington Evans, but the the targets that Deion Lewis received are not going to Derrick Henry. So I, I could see the tight end position as a whole, maybe not just Jonu Smith, but the the Ferksers and the other guys there. I think the tight end position in general could just see a bump in targets. And not to mention Jonu Smith's gonna be insanely efficient. He's yeah, like I was gonna touch up on that. Athlete and he gets a lot he got um a couple deep targets as well um yeah. for his position. Touching up upon that efficiency as you just mentioned, I'll send this to you to put on the screen pretty much. But eighth in yards per reception second in yards per target, 11th in yards per pass row, and a big one for me, especially given like how their offense is going to function, 2.41 uh, target separation, which was second. When you're talking about Jonu Smith, he's just he's one of the most efficient players in the league, and if you give him uh, an increased overall target share from what we expect, again, he's probably going to be the number two option in this passing offense. Man, it's just so hard not to project him to break out. I know there's going to be a lot of people – uh, on either side of it, they're going to say, oh, he's That's unknown. We haven't seen he's him. Low. I, I think he's yeah, the perfect yeah. guy. I, I've, <laughs> I've been preaching this strategy for a while. I'm very much a guy who will avoid the Hunter Henrys and the Darren Wallers and the Zach Ertzes in the middle of the rounds. And I'll take Johnny Smith and Hayden Hurst like in the 10th and 11th round. Or I'll take Johnny Smith and Mike Gusecki in the 11th and 12th round. I'd rather take two guys like that who I, I honestly don't view very differently than a guy like Hunter Henry or Evan Ingram for that matter. So I, to me, Johnny Smith is a target of mine in every league that I play in this year, because I think he's, his ADP is going to stay basically around the 12th, 11th, maybe 10th round range, just because of the offense he plays in and everyone's going to going to assume and rightfully so that the pass attempts aren't going to be very high, but I think he's talented enough and the offense is designed enough around the play action game and having a move tight end like him to the point that it's, he, he's able to produce regardless of how, like if they're only throwing the ball 25 times a game. Yeah. The only sure. thing I have to say about Jonu Smith is he's got a weird name and I've never seen that before. So we'll jump on to Noah. <laughs> I'm sorry. My segues are getting absolutely minted these days. Uh, we'll jump on to Noah Fant. Um, he's our next tight end. 
the Lion, Tyler Moss, has him the highest. I got him at 10. Bush, uh, you've got him at 13. The Sheep, Lucas, has him at 16. And then Danny's sitting there with 11. So I guess I'll give a little bit of backing. Um, a little bit of rapport there with uh, with homeboy Locke. Uh, that's Locke. fine. Albert Agumbawale, Lucas, settle down. I know he exists. Um, yeah, there's a lot of receiver options Agumbawale, there. Agumbawale, uh, like Dare? <laughs> oh, wait, oh, shoot. That's not his name. Is it? On, dude. Come on. I'm good. <laughs> I don't fucking know. About? There's an O, a K, a W, or that. I fucking know. Um, what are you talking about? Albert O. <laughs> Albert O. Oh, we even know. Yeah, he called the wall. Fucking cares. Oh, I don't care. All right. Anyways, uh, I like the receiving options there. Um, there, there was a lot of overhaul in there. Um, yeah, Judy, phenomenal. Um, a guy that I don't even care. And KJ Hamilton, guys, we're doing great with names. And Tyree Cleveland, who I really liked as well. Um, I just think the offense will be very efficient, and I think uh, Fant will get his cut. Um, I think it's very easy to get into the the tight end one position, and I see him doing it. Uh, Wait, That's it. Did, you say K, did you say KJ Hamilton? <laughs> did I? I'm so fucking tired. I'm sorry, gentlemen. <laughs> Noah Fant is basically copy and paste everything I just said for Johnny Smith, essentially. But the only difference to me with, with uh, Noah Fant and Johnny Smith is that I very much believe Jerry Judy is going to be like a 100 target receiver his rookie year. Like, I think he's going to come in immediately and make an impact. Yeah, CD Lamb numbers. I, I think Jerry Judy yeah. is, so, is so much more pro-ready than – probably every receiver in this entire draft class that just came out. So I don't, I don't think it's going to be very long before Jerry Judy is commanding like a seven target role in the offense. And, but the intriguing thing about Noah Fant to me is the amount of deep targets he received at his position. Also the slot snaps, like I said, pretty much the same thing I said for Johnny Smith. He's not just going to be used in line like a, like a regular tight end because he's such like, I mean, his, you go to his workout metrics, they're just stupid. So I mean, he's just, he's going to probably be the primary field stretcher. If I him and KJ Hamler are probably going to be the guys who accomplish that role. And I think when you have a big armed quarterback like Locke, it definitely can benefit him. And you you saw it with Noah Fant towards the end of the year. Early in the year, he looked terrible. Like he couldn't catch the ball. He fucking was like, I think he like fumbled like a really bad play too. Like he he yeah. just didn't look good. But uh, towards the end of the year, you saw him put it together, and you saw those big splash plays that you knew were possible. Like, I mean, his best comparable on, on player profile is George freaking Kittle. So, and it's basically because of how good of an athlete he is. So um, I, I, I'm definitely, he's a, another one of these guys that I'm just willing to take a shot on maybe a bit less so because I do envision him being the third option in the offense. Plus I think Melvin Gordon could uh, carve out a decent receiving share as well, but um, the offense should be better, like in more pass heavy than Tennessee's, I think so. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're talking about Noah fan here. Uh, if you've heard me throughout the really the off season in general, he's one of the guys that I just look at, look at from a talent standpoint. Uh, before the drafting of Judy, I had him like really high. Like he would have been high for me before they they drafted Judy as well. He he most likely would have been in that like six to nine range. That's how high I am on him <laughs> as a guy. Nice. nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I have him at 11 here because uh, I still do believe that although there is a, uh, plenty of mouths to feed, he can definitely carve out his role in this offense. I mean, he's an athletic freak. He's not that type of tight end like a, a Zacher or turn Austin Hooper, who we're going to segue into next, actually, uh, who needs like seven, eight, nine targets a game to be uh, produ- producing from a fantasy perspective. You give Noah Fant three, four targets a game, man, he's going to get you 30, 40 receiving yards at the very minimum, yeah. first of all. And second of all, like he's got, he's got upside in the sense that like the role that he's going to provide, Colin is going to provide the physical outside role. Jerry Judy is going to provide the quick, uh, 
you know, uh, quick separation routes uh, for Drew Locke. Ultimately, no offense going to be that field stretcher. Now you're going to say KJ Hamler, and I get that. But again, uh, I don't know. It's just something about no offense, man. I, I just, I believe in his talent enough to be able to overcome the too many mouths to feed man. Yeah. So, I mean, with him is, so based on hit rates from 2010, there's been seven tight ends in the year two that were round one picks or round one or pick 11 through 32. Only one of them has finished top 12 and that was seven through 12. So not even top six, the rest finished right around top 18. My thing is he, I get tight ends take time to develop, but he would have had more than four target, 4.4 targets per game with the lack of weapons there were, especially because Cortland Sutton and Drew Locke were not connecting with each other. And he played quite a bit of snaps. Uh, Nick Vinette's there. They didn't sign him to $4 million a year to not play as a tight end. Albert O's there. Hamler's now the deep threat. You don't take a deep threat only guy to come be an alpha receiver in the NFL. Judy's playing in the middle. Sutton, I would hope, can bring a second or uh, build a connection with Locke. Deontay Spencer got four to five touches a game in CFL sort of. Also, yeah. Tyree Cleveland, even though I don't yeah. think he'll make the roster. My, my, my CFL brother. Oh, he, yeah. But he's good, though. So, like, I don't know. I think it's just uh, the – Wait, the guy from Calgary? Worth. Is he from Calgary? Deontay Spencer. I don't know. He's like a return specialist. They gave, like, four or five touches of the game last year. So, I just don't see wherever you're going to take him to returning that back. Because where are you – are you realistically going to start him in your roster banking on, like, the fifth option in this offense – Sixth option in this offense, scoring you fantasy points. I think his upside is the third option. I, I I think it is probably realistic to assume he's probably like the fourth, maybe fifth option behind. I don't know. Mel, maybe Melvin Gordon gets like a seven. I still think Lindsey though. Like I don't know. Yeah, I still think I think this team is going to be projected for a lot of passing attempts, and I really don't think they're going to be like super super high. And is this offense really like that great yet? Too so like next year is good, like not this coming year, but the year after is going to be the yeah. year that breaks out. Personally, I think we're just a, like one year too early on it because I yeah. think yeah. next year is going to be the year of Judy. And that's where the hit rates kind of bounce back in year three for most tight ends, anyway. So I would say tread with caution. Make sure you get a safer play because the the outcomes of fan are really high actually probably not even like super high but they're they're really low for sure so next yeah. up like we mentioned austin hooper at our all tight end consensus 13 um yeah. the, the gross thing is like this offense yeah. is going to be molded perfectly for a tight end but there's three tight ends on this team so like we have to move austin hooper down realistically and i think Really where you were banking on Austin Hooper's production would be in the red zone, and Minnesota ran the ball in the red zone at the highest rate, and Cleveland was, like, third best. And to be you honest, don't want David, throwing the ball in the red zone. Let's be David, honest. David Njoku is more athletic than Austin Hooper. I'm going to argue that Harrison Bryant is just as athletic as Austin Hooper, and he'll play a lot of snaps because he plays fullback too. So I guess if, like, I think Hooper I would be, like, a that. good – I mean, Harrison Bryant's, not, Harrison Bryant's not playing a lot of snaps. Dude, was like a, he was the Mackey Award. He was the Mackey Award winner last year, the best tight end in the nation. Yeah, did you see the tight end? Like a yeah, and he got picked. Buddy, to, he played buddy, buddy, it's got robbed. Buddy, I've seen Pee Wee games with better fucking camera Either quality way, than his game. Do I have Austin Hooper the highest? Please don't tell me. Wait, 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 I don't know. Third same spot. What's well, up? Yeah, we, we all have thirteen. I think. But to be honest, I think I think I might have him in a couple leagues because if you can get him in like the thirteenth round, twelfth round, because if he falls, like that's a safe guy just to toss yeah. in there. Like I get you want to play upside, but like if you're getting him in the twelfth round, seven points a game, take it and yeah. run and just build the rest yeah. of your team. I, I also don't believe in Beckham, and I think 
I, I, I mean, I'm a little higher on the Browns offense than probably some people are. And yeah, if I'm not are. a believer in Beckham, I kind of have to believe in Jarvis Landry and, and Austin Hooper and some of the other and guys. Landry had surgery. Like, Green Hunt, bro. Gonna play week one. Yeah. Bro, Hooper, Hooper, Hooper to me, he seems like kind of just like a, a safe option. He'll probably be a top, I don't know, 10 tight end. Just based on the, the role that he's probably going to have, he's going to play a large snap share uh, with Stefanski coming in. And, I mean, uh, Stefanski – like, they don't throw the ball in the red zone a lot, but when they do, it's to tight ends because you saw Kyle yeah. have, like, some useful games. So, I, and, I mean, Hooper was really efficient in the red zone last year. They're not going to throw as much as Dirk Cutter does in the red zone, but I think when Hooper gets opportunities in the red zone, he's going to be able to cash in on them. So, I, 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 I mean, 13, yeah, like, I'm not excited about him, but I, I don't hate him either. Unless I missed something, I'm pretty sure there's only one 13 in the number alphabet. So, the fact that – uh that Bush has uh, Noah Fant and Austin Hooper at 13 is just drastic for me. Okay. I was going to adjust it. All right. I just called you out. on oh, right. yeah, my 14 uh, then, I guess. <laughs> All right. 14. Okay. So, so we're, same we're, difference. Same difference. Now. Oh, Anyways. Tyler. What? Oh, 14. What? No, I'm joking. You're what about 14? Right. Okay. Okay. Number one, stop yelling at me. Number two, TJ Hawkinson is getting robbed of our 13th position because no. the guy's fantastic. All right. So here's, here's my thing for him. I think he's going to be your breakout of the year. I think Matt Stafford plays the full season. They're willing to go to him uh, when he was healthy and Stafford was the same. Is Hassan Reddick covering him every game is my question. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, baby. Not, then he didn't prove anything because oh, he literally yeah. only had one good game. Uh, hell I mean, yes. It's the same hit. The same hit rates apply. Actually a little different. The only tight end in that sample – that Dwayne ran was Eric Ebron, who got picked right around the same pick to the Lions. So it was kind of like coincidental. No, uh, no it's since 2010. So it was okay. just the last 10 years. So, like, I think Hawkinson, though, like, if you're truly embracing the, like, stash tight ends late, I think you have to pick yeah. him. Yeah. Just because this offense is going to be so good. And that, I mean, I get the hit rates don't. The draft, the draft capital, like, argument does apply in redraft, too. It's not just a dynasty thing. When you use a top 10 pick on a tight end, yeah. I mean, Hawkinson is uber talented. Like, I, I don't – I just don't think his – I think the same thing with Fan. I don't think this is the year of Hawkinson. No, I think it's, it's next, next year. year. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much the same thing. Uh, with Hawkinson, that kind of – and Jones and all those guys are gone yeah. is when I think it's going to happen. So, we, so, since Tyler messed around with the rankings, so Gronk made it ahead of Fant and Hooper. I didn't mess no, around. I did oh, not. No, I did not. Yeah, but okay. how dare you accuse me? <laughs> well, it's all yeah, okay, so Dallas, Dallas Goddard. No, no, no. Next. Okay, hold on. Consensus is good. I'll fix it right now. Yeah, fix it right okay, now. I mean, what do you? There we yeah. go. We're good. We're good. Dallas, so Dallas Goddard is up next. Um, I think Goddard is going to be drafted way too high because I think he was the product of lack of receivers on this team. Uh, I still think he's a safe pick in terms of a handcuff for Zach Ertz, who's been injured here and there. But I think last year was really the only year because he was not startable. Even like when like he finishes the top. 10 tight end or whatever, but he was not like you were starting a guy with six points a game or seven points a game. He just finished high because he got seven points a game for 16 games where you could just stream other guys. So I don't know. I just don't think Dallas Scott is really it. I think Dynasty is perfect. I think if he can, I think Earth has one more year, I believe, or two. But if you can get a mature tight end at age 26 when he's only been in one offense and he's going to be the primary guy, I think he's a perfect Dynasty guy, but I don't want him in redraft at all. I don't know. I, I buy into the year two breakout. Why not, right? Why not? Anyone Isn't can do it. Isn't like year four already? <laughs> I don't know. 
we all have them basically the same. You guys literally have them the exact same rank for the record. Yeah, because yeah. he'll, 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 <laughs> yeah. he'll finish here because he's going to get you six points a game. But like in perspective, like he's not a yeah, like Jack, like Jack Doyle, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the worst yeah. argument that everyone makes for him is that he's he's like a standalone tight end, a top 12 tight end, which I mean, he has been the last like couple of years, but, and he also has like a handcuff value, like that if anything happens to Zach Ertz, he's going to be a top three tight end. I've heard that argument so many yeah. times and Zach Ertz never gets hurt. So I don't like, if Zach Ertz yeah. is Kevin Ingram, okay, maybe, but like he's not. hurt your heart. Sorry. I mean, like, like defenses that score you three points a week or top 12 defenses, like screw off. Like it's a stupid argument. So, hey, like, don't, hey, hey, you don't, don't walk into the defense and kick. Don't, right don't drive Dallas Goddard yeah. unless like you're in a super deep league and you just need a handcuff because then it's a perfect handcuff, but it's a waste of a pick. Somehow, yeah. Look at Come on. Come on. Why would you take Dallas possibly. Jack Doyle's on the board? That's all I'm saying. So, <laughs> Gronk, Gronk makes it here. And. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my thinking is the everyone was split on OJ Howard last year because he's really good, vacated production. No one talent. was split on OJ Howard last year. Everyone had him as a top five tight end. But there were some people that were off him because Bruce Arians has never had a good tight end. They were so, they weren't off of him. They were just they were concerned. They still yeah, had so, him. Okay, so, so we're talking my about thinking is, tight end, not Bruce Arians. So, tight end. So my thinking is, why does a guy that hasn't played in two years, hasn't played a full season in like four or five, lost a bunch of weight, comes to a new team, has injury concerns, and is now mixed in with the group of tight end, three tight ends for a team, for a coach that has never produced a good fantasy tight end, going to put up fantasy points. Like, well, stop. Okay, like, okay well, he, he has. He Miller and Pittsburgh. You know, he can use tight ends. It's not like a completely – one season. He's only okay, had like yes. one good yeah, season. But, okay, Gronk, this is redacted. Gronk running on – one season from Gronk. Gronk running on one leg. Okay, Gronk running on one leg is still faster than Jack Doyle. Why? Why I have Gronkowski at twelve, and I have him at twelve, and I will admit there's a little bit of Homer in it because I do that think is. this offense is going to be very good. And the reason I think it's going to be very good, let's assume they they throw the ball 580 times, which is like 50 times less than they that's, threw it last year. That's reasonable, yeah. Yeah. So Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are probably going to get 300 targets combined, right? That leaves 280 uh, yeah. targets. The the pass catching running backs on this team, like. Yeah, Ogumba Wale might get like 50 targets, but that's and like Rojo might get 40 and Keyshawn Vaughn might get 40, but like that's not that much. Just give him like 120 total, I'd say. I think I think Gronkowski, the reason that I I buy into him, and he's not the type of tight end that I would normally want to draft because I think he's going to be very touchdown dependent. And that's my thing with him is that I think he could get eight to 10 touchdowns and also have like, I don't know, like 50 receptions for like 600 yards and then like 10 touchdowns, which will be a top, like probably six tight end if that happens. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I, it's just so gross. Like I, no, I, I, don't, think, his... I, I don't think he's, I think I'm a little bit even more interested in Howard because I think Gronk's going to get injured at some point. And I also think Gronk yeah. is going to be the primary blocking tight end on the team also. So my hope, yeah. I, I, I've said this a couple of times. My hope is that OJ Howard gets split out as a move tight end and they use him the way that Tennessee's using Jonu and that the Dolphins are using Gusecki and stuff is what I want for Howard, but that's besides the point. So Gronk for me has a sympathy 18. That's only because he won a WWE championship. Uh, look it up. Uh, not the real big belt. No, he doesn't, like, he doesn't have it anymore though. It's not there anymore. has to ruin everything. Yeah, dude. I love that guy. Uh, none of you watch WWE. Shut up. I know um, who our truth was. I used to watch it. Yeah, the guy's epic. Um, so anyways, that's going to wrap it up. There's no way in hell I'm talking about Jack Doyle. No way in hell I'm talking no, about No. You brought no I have good points. I have good points. All right. So, yeah, next, so, next so video, Jack Lucas. Next. Yeah, the next video. No, no, no Jack Doyle is next. 
So, so Jack Doyle is up next. Um, so tight ends under Frank Wright. Put a pick average, of average. 165 targets. Okay. It is freezing on me now. Yeah, but they 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 are looking for actual targets rather than uh, you know orthodontists. <laughs> Did Vontae Perfect kill Jack Doyle last year? Oh my, my my internet connection is bad, so I'm waiting for it to catch up, and then I'll then I'll tell you why it's going to be good. All right, while while you're waiting on that, home dog, I'm going to talk about a little special company, a little, a little close to my heart, it's called Shady Rays. So guys, we're working with this affiliate, Shady Rays. They are phenomenal. Every sunglasses pair that you buy, they give ten meals to Feeding America. It's absolutely wonderful. I'm very glad to be representing them. Um, follow the link down in the description below. Every pair is replaceable. If you damage, break them, lose them, whatever the hell you're doing with them, they will replace it. Uh, phenomenal company. Check out the link down below. Lucas, are you ready to talk about Jack? <laughs> I'm ready. All right. So tight ends under Frank Wright. The whole tight end room average 165 targets a year. Trey Burton. 165. Okay. Mo Ali Cox. Yeah. Stop. He would have broken out. The man's six foot four, two sixty. He would have broken out like by six, now if he was at. He's like six eight. Dude, he's a fucking power. He's, he's six foot four according to player profile. But yeah, that's a fucking that's lie. Is, that's what I'm saying. Draymond, man, come on. But a six foot eight or whatever tight end would have broken out by now if he was actually good. Like he would have broken out right away. Trey Burton, yeah, no stop. Like that's not happening. Yeah, well, why is he? Yeah, yeah no stop. Ebron like, when he was signed. Wait, I thought I thought it more like okay, fine. So give, Bro, give you're saying targets, Give forty targets to Trey Burton. That's hundred twenty to Jack Doyle, who just fit forty-eight vacated targets. Okay. You, you, but you're saying yeah, no to fucking Trey Burton. I could just say yeah, no to fucking Jack Doyle. But no, so like, you're, yeah, you're no to Blake. You see, you're denying trend. That's why you suck at fantasy because you don't look at the actual numbers. So <laughs> Jack Doyle, Philip Rivers average. What is Jack Doyle? All right, all right. Rivers, let him get his serious argument. Philip Rivers average in his whole career tight end finish tight end seven in PPR. Because he actually had good tight ends. Hunter yeah, Henry. Targets go, to, targets go to targets. Dude, he had targets a hole. Hey, hey, targets, right? <laughs> targets also go to players. Targets just don't, don't go to a fucking like How many targets? How many targets did the uh, most reliable Cowboys receiver Jason Wynn that didn't get hurt for him have last year? Okay, current Jason Wynn is 11. So yeah, Jack Doyle is going to finish this high due to volume. Like I'm not saying he's good, but due to volume and trends, and he's. T.Y.'s hurt. Paris Campbell's hurt. Pittman's a rookie. Who the fuck are they going to throw to? Pittman. The, the other yeah. team. It's Philly. 100 plus Trust targets. Pitt, it's the year of Pittman, I'm telling you. It's going to be Pittman. 100, 100 plus targets. Dude, yes. Dude, I think Pittman gets 100 Dude. targets. Okay, then give the rest Doyle, of the Doyle. Doyle. Doyle's yeah, had what? I, 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 I actually don't hate the take, Lucas. Like, it, the, like Jack Doyle the yards is, not, don't matter. is not sexy, it's but I can see him being a volume guy. All right. Lucas. Yeah, volume guy will get you to tight end twelve, where I have him have him yeah. ranked. Well, he's he's gonna rank in like the twelve to seventeen range. Do you want him? I respect you. Clearly, you. Um, I would want to start him here and there based off matchup, especially if he gets eight targets a game. Give me someone that actually has upside. Lucas, what the fuck Lucas, is Lucas I respect the, the, you. The, the, term, the term upside has no set definition because what? So you're gonna start Blake Jarwin every week because he might win you one out of your sixteen games, or I'll start the guy that gets me nine fantasy points. Blake a week Jarwin is gonna. I, I will bet you right now that Blake Jarwin outproduces. Oh, that's a bad All right, let's get through our Ten last bucks, three in our top twenty real quick. Just run through them. So we got Jared Cook, Eric Ebron, and Ian Thomas. Any? I'll start. I'll go on Jared Cook. Blake Jarwin right. needs to be in there. But. No, shut up. Nope. Okay, I'll go no. with Jared Cook right now. So Jared Cook, to me, he's going to be a streamer tight end. It's basically what he's going to be. Emmanuel Sanders is going to have a game here and there. Jared Cook's going to have a game here and there. The options you want in this offense are Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas, and they're going to be a run-heavy offense because they have Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara, and their defense is going to be very good. So I don't anticipate you being able to confidently start a, like Jared Cook week in and week out, 
I think it's going to be kind of hope for a touchdown type thing. Or if like Emmanuel Sanders gets hurt or something, maybe it's a different conversation, but uh, Jared Cook to me, he's just got limited upside. I mean, he's got, he's tight end 18. He might, I'll probably finish tight end 15 if I had to guess. But um, I mean, I, I just rather have like, I have uh, whoever I have Irv Smith, one spot ahead of him. I have Dallas Goddard, two spots, TJ Hawkinson. Like I just rather have these guys than, than Jared Cook because there's a world where those guys can be a week in and week out starter for me, in my opinion. So if anyone wants to go on Ebron or Ian Thomas, we can we can do that. Eric Ebron, what a guy. Um, Pittsburgh does not utilize tight ends. I don't know why they don't. I mean, sure, uh, they've had some memorable guys in the past. Vance McDonald, just just to highlight the class. Uh, Vance, so yeah, I'm good. Um, no, House's thank you. Guy. And guy. Jared, Jared Cook can go eat, can go eat shit. I fucking hate Jared Cook. I have no reason why. Um, but if I saw that guy in like a in like an Arby's or something, I'd put that guy in a headlock. No, no doubt. Yeah. Ian Thomas to me is only interesting because of how much I think the offense is going to have to throw. But I mean, I've, I've brought up the RB and tight end uh, targets correlating a lot. And I mean, is there any (laughs) running back getting more targets in the NFL than Christian McCaffrey? No. So I I don't see a way that Ian Thomas is anything more than kind of just a streamer and a good matchup. So yeah, so that'll probably do it for our top 20 tight ends. Tyler, get us out of here. Guys, it's been phenomenal. We hope you've had a great time because I sure have subscribe, like comment, maybe don't do any of that. It will only make me cry. And if you want to see me cry. Bring up Evan Ingram. Yeah, basically. Uh, It's been phenomenal. We've all had fun. Hopefully you have too. Good night. Peace.